coming up on BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. BYU looks to bounce back after last week's setback by traveling to Tennessee. And we are live with the coach and kicker Jake Oldroyd in Studio C as BYU Football with Kalani Sitake starts now. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. And now, your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, hello, good evening once again, Cougar Nation, to our fans in Studio C and to those tuning in on the BYU TV app on Facebook or on YouTube or Twitter. Welcome to another installment of the Sitake Show. All right, uh, as always, we invite you to join the conversation by submitting questions for tonight's guests on Twitter using hashtag Satake Show. You can do the same on Facebook and Instagram on the BYU TV sports accounts. Coming up on tonight's show, we recap last week's home loss to Utah. We go inside the film room with wide receivers coach Fessy Satake. We preview the Cougars' trip to Tennessee, and we're also going to get mic'd up with linebacker Isaiah Kofusi. We're also going to visit live in studio with... Kicker and punter, Jake Oldroyd, is all coming up. But we can't do any of it without the guy who makes the show go. He is the head coach of the Cougars. Welcome in, Kalani Sitake. What's up, guys? I'll get you guys later. (laughs) How you doing, Greg? I'm doing okay. You? Doing good. Practice today? Really good, yeah. Um, the guys are ready to move on and get to the next game and get to the Tennessee prep. And so um, just been pleased with the way the guys have dealt with it so far. Obviously not uh, excited about the outcome that happened last week, but uh, I think we can learn through the struggle and, and, and become better and, and progress as a team. So much build-up uh, to the season opener. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, could, you could say beat Utah and really mean it all offseason because of how things went. It was going to be your first game. Now that you're past it and it's gone the way it's gone, what's been the rebound? Well, I mean, I think the guys, the the leaders are still taking over, and I was really pleased with that. And, um, you know, we went into the locker room, and we had um, players speaking up and taking taking control of the situation after the game in the locker room. And uh, as we said, our team prayer and got ready for the next uh, next phase, I was really pleased with things I heard from our players, from our leaders. And so um, at that moment, it was tough, you know, but next day, those guys all showed up and ready to work and watch the film. And kind of learn from the mistakes that we made. It was just uh, not, with all the, the excitement and the uh, energy going into the game, not the result that uh, our players wanted, you know, but uh, I think we made too many mistakes. And I mentioned this before in the post game and, and in press conference that, uh, you know, Utah's a really good team and you can't uh, make the type of mistakes that we made as a team and, and expect to, to have an, uh, an easy win or a chance to compete against them in that situation. And that's where it comes down to the coaches and players and, taking ownership of the mistakes that they made and, and, uh, and growing and learning from it. And so I'm excited to see the improvement we can make from week one to week two. Uh, Tennessee's in the same situation, you know, where they're coming off of a loss. And so uh, one of us is going to have to be better than the other to get the win. And I feel comfortable with the things I'm seeing from the team so far. We're already five days away or removed from the Utah game, but we're going to have you talk us through a little bit of what went on that night. Uh, So we'll take a look at uh, what went down last Thursday night. It was season opening night for BYU and Utah at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Uh, First of all, uh, good vibe in the building. Uh, Cougar Canyon was a new thing, and uh, it was was a nearly full house. And so uh, fans were ready, and uh, and early early in the game, uh, with plays like this, it's still a game. And when we get to halftime, as we will in a little bit here, it's still going to be a football game. Utah opens up on top. Uh, BYU ends up answering, and they get into position to do so with uh, Tyson Williams. 
Yeah, and I thought, you know, for, we were anxious to see what the matchup would be like for our O-line against their D-line, and uh, we did some really good things, you know, and, and uh, also had some issues, and this is one of those where, you know, Tyson was open there, and, and uh, you know, bad, bad mistake and bad timing, and, and uh, I think Zach got tripped up. and Bit of a bad break on yeah, the trip-up, obviously. And, and the throw was short because of the, of the pressure, but uh, that's what Utah hangs their hat on, is just creating pressure with man coverage and a four-man rush, and and uh, having quarterbacks make mistakes. And so that was uh, that was an issue that we had to deal with early on. Thought the guys responded well. Um, you know, we got, our guys battled in the entire game and, and that was, uh, uh, you know, we, we just made way too many mistakes for us to really have a chance to show what we can do. And, and unfortunately, Utah did a good job in the second half of just taking care of the football and um, grinding the clock. I mean, they, they, they wore the clock out, kept the, the ball away from us and, we didn't have as many opportunities to come back and, and, and find a way to, to get back in the game, and then they put all their uh, all the all the pressure. They just put it on that guy right there, and he's a really second good half, back. especially. Yeah. yeah, and he just carried the load for the team, and that was their game plan going into the end of the game. And I thought it was a. Uh, I mean, that's he showed why he's such a great back. But for the most part, at the beginning, we did a pretty good job. We just didn't not not consistent enough on defense to get off the field. And that guy we're talking about is a running back, Zach Moss, and it was a 9-6 game at halftime, after which Utah scores 21 in a row. Uh, one of the touchdowns comes on this uh, fly sweep. They looked at it, thinking the ball might have come loose before the pylon. It was called good. And uh, so it was a 21-point uh, a run in which uh, Utah kind of pulled away. And uh, they were dealing with the uh, travails of a new kicker. It's no longer... Matt Gay, and they've had good kicking success for a long time. New guy struggled a little bit. And uh, BYU's third turnover, uh, or run of BYU's three turnovers of the night was a fumble on the exchange, and it helped uh, set up Zach Moss for what ended up being Utah's final touchdown. Yeah, the, 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 the interceptions, I mean, the, whenever you have two interceptions for 14 points that we gave them on, on uh, well, a total of 20 points if you put, count the fumble, the three turnovers, the two pick sixes and the turnover, the fumble on the 23-yard line just puts the defense in a bad spot, you know, and, and uh, uh, although you'd like the defense to respond better to that, that situation, it was just not not a good good uh, spot for our team to be in, and that's been kind of the issue in this rivalry game, especially in the last decade, is giving up big plays for touchdowns, and you see the three turnovers, two of them for touchdowns, that's 20 points off of turnovers, doesn't really give us a chance to really battle with them, you know, and, and uh, they had... They went into four-minute mode, which is milk the clock because they could. They were, were uh, sitting on the lead and then trying to keep the ball away from our offense. And BYU, after the rain delay we saw at the very end, uh, did not get the ball back, and Utah was able to run it out. So that final drive spanning the rain delay, I think they took like 9-19 off the clock to end the game off there by just running it. Yeah, and I think in the second half, it was uh, the time of possession was... 23 to 7. Yeah, 23 minutes to 7, which yeah. was which is really tough to deal with, you know, and, and, and that's not just on our offense sustaining drives or, or not turning the ball over, it's on our defense getting off the field. And if we can, uh, we have to find uh, other guys to rotate in there and keep them fresh, we got to do that. But uh, you give credit to Utah, they made plays and they pounded the ball when they needed to. It was Zach Wilson's first season starting a season as the guy, and it was a rough night for him with those two pick sixes, but uh, it's a live and learn experience. So he went to Matt Bushman a lot. Matt had a pretty good night in the opener. And uh, the newcomer, Tyson Williams, we showed his uh, run of 18 yards earlier. And for his first game in a BYU uniform, I thought uh, Tyson played well as well. Despite the fumbled exchange with Zach late in the game, uh, I, I thought there were some good things, but 
yet, as Kalani, you mentioned, kind of everything gets overshadowed by uh, by the miscues, right? Yeah, and, and you know, there's there, obviously there's mistakes, things to learn from, but there are some really good things that we did too that we can build off of. Um, I, I think the easiest thing is to, is to look at the mistakes and say stop making them, right? But um, there's things that we felt like our O-line was able to hang in there, you know, and, and our O-line all comes back the next year. And so look at the, the eight guys that get significant reps. So that's something that they can build off of. But uh, really, it's just uh, being mindful of the football is important for us. And uh, that going here on from here on out, we have to be smart with the ball. And that means ball security and, and taking chances on the throw game and making sure that we're smart with the, with the ball, you know. And um, that's that's a. Uh, that's what we have to keep preaching to our players, and, and as coaches, we have to be mindful of ourselves with our play calls. You were part of those, some of those Utah teams that scored those defensive touchdowns. It is pretty unreal, though, that over nine games they would score nine defensive touchdowns, isn't it? Without BYU scoring one. Yeah, and that's that's what the defense is set to do. You know, the add pressure, the four-man rush, and to play press man and, and to, to bump and lock. You know, at the line of scrimmage and make it hard for receivers to release downfield and. And uh, that's what they're built to do. And I, I think uh, defensively for us, we need to find ways to do the same as well, you know, and find ways to disrupt the timing of the quarterback. I don't think we did that well enough as a defense. And uh, I think he was efficient. I mean, he was 13 for 16 for 106 yards or something like that. And, and uh, although that's not a lot of yards, it just wasn't very effective in, in, in having him um, in disrupting his timing and his throws. And uh, that's, that's what we got to improve on on defense. Despite the negative outcome, there were some uh, bright spots in the performance, and we ask each of the coordinators each week to pick a player of the week from their respective units, and here are the players of the week for the Utah game. We, sign, we see Diane Gawoliku twice because he's picked as both a defensive and a special teams player of the week, and uh, Ed Lamb telling me on the coordinator's corner that if he tries to take Diane off special teams, there will be a fight probably. He thinks that Diane will not go easily on that one. No, that's a part of what Diane's worked hard for is to be on special teams. He wants to be on all of it. And he wants to make plays. You, you see him on punt. He's always the first one down. And he's starting to get doubled quite a bit now on punt cover and, and even on kickoff. And so um, people know about him. They, they recognize that he makes big plays. If you remember in the, in the past years in his career, he's always the first one there when there's a muffed punt. He, he recovers it that quick. And then that's because that's he cares about special teams, you know. And so that's something that he... he He's really pride. He takes a lot of pride in, and um, defensively, it was really quiet because the, the plays never went his way. He covered really well and made tackles when he needed to, you know. But um, that we need more guys to play like him and follow his example. Uh, I thought Brady did a great job on offense, you know, handling uh, Bradley and I did a great, great job at a possible um, high draft pick and, and a possible All-American candidate, you know. And, and I think Bradley even switched sides and went to the opposite side with what Brady was able to do and. Um, Brady is a great player. He can, he can do a lot of good things for us and only a sophomore. But, yeah. um, you know, you have to look at the positives and you have to keep building on it. And, and you have to, with that, you, you fix the errors that you made. Regardless of the, what the result is of the game, you have to find ways to learn and get better. But you, can't, you have to still praise the guys for what they, they're doing right. And there's a lot of guys that done some really good things, you know. But um, this just all gets overshadowed by the outcome and by the result and, and by the mistakes that we made. And so... Let's just stop making so many mistakes so we can keep praising our guys. More praise. Yeah, yeah. let's work on All right. praise and no, no, no mistakes. That's our look back at Utah with Kalani and it's break time. And this reminder that uh, for your day-to-day Cougar sports play-by-play, watch BYU Sports Nation with Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan weekdays at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. When we come back, we get a view of the volunteers and we go inside the film room with wide receiver coach Cassie Zatake. 
basic smash concept. It's a universal term for a corner route and a hitch. Um, and we're not out wide. It doesn't make sense to run a hitch from here. And so we end up running kind of a speed out right here. BYU football with Kalani Satake is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare. Healing for life. We are back inside Studio C for more BYU football with Kalani Sitake. And we are looking ahead to the Cougars' next game this Saturday in Knoxville. Cougar pregame live starting at 5 Eastern, 2 Pacific on BYU Radio. Then BYU TV's countdown to kickoff begins at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific with the game on ESPN and BYU Radio. With postgame coverage on both BYU TV and BYU Radio. Well, each week we give you access to an assistant coach who highlights a few nice plays from the previous game with our own Jerem Jordan of BYU Sports Nation fame. This week, Jerem sits down with wide receivers coach Fessy Sitake as we go inside the film room. Okay, Fessy, obviously a disappointing loss to Utah, but let's accentuate some of the good that you saw in this game. What did you like? Okay, so this first, uh, first play up here, we are running a basic smash concept. It's a universal term for a corner route and a hitch. Uh, what you have here, because we are in a what we call a stack alignment um, and we're not out wide, it doesn't make sense to run a hitch from here, and so we end up running kind of a speed out right here. So you'll see right here, um, this corner right here, he's responsible for this deep third of the field, and he has to carry and respect this corner. And so what it does now is it forces this flat defender to have to work all the way out um, to this out round. So that's just a, a way to generate cheap yards here. Um, we could have gone to either side, and you can look right here, even into the boundary. Matt is there as well. Uh, if these, if these uh, flat defenders play low, uh, we can obviously hit the corner out here. Okay, Matt Bushman had six uh, catches, 62 yards, had a 17-yarder right here. Yep, this is one of them. And this is another example of a quick uh, quick route here. So you can see this is just one little uh, motion here we like to add. That's just window dressing. But what it does is as we sprint uh, Lopini, in this case, right out to the field, Zach is looking at his peripheral to see who is going to run with him. But we're reading this defender right here. If he stays over Matt, then we're going to hit Pini. We know Pini's going to be out there with some green grass to run. One of the other things we have is these guys could really favor over here, and so we got to get another concept down here. We're getting Mike on a slant and Tyson on a flat. So if we start to feel a little bit overloaded to the field, bodies are a little bit tight, that will tell Zach that he's going to now go to this side. So Zach has freedom where he wants to go. Once he makes that decision, which is to the field here, he's just got to read who this kind of uh, flat defender is right here. So because he runs out with Lopini, we hit Matt on an easy hitch, and then anything else right there is, is a plus. Okay, and then uh, Dax Mill with a nice uh, catch over the middle. Yep, so this is um, uh, what we just call a basic seam route. And these guys have to read um, a lot of seam routes on the inside. Uh, we have what we call a middle of the field open look and a middle of the field close. So middle of the field open is you typically when you have two high safeties. And the reason we teach these guys that is that's, that's where the soft... Um, uh, where the soft coverage is. And so if the middle of the field is closed, usually your seams is where you want to attack. When the middle of the field is open, you usually want to attack deep in the middle of the field. And so what Zach sees right here right now, these guys are on the same page. He realizes, okay, the middle of the field is open. We just have a concept where these guys are running goes. And all he's going to do now is read this safety. And he realizes if this safety overplays the go, then I've got Dax right here on this, on this seam right here that's going to bend inside. If this guy 
guy stays flat and really hangs tight here and is going to take away that seam, we're going to end up throwing the go route because this guy has no uh, safety help over the top. So Dax does a great job at bending this route in, snapping his eyes around. Zach delivers a, a beautiful throw right on time, and it's, it's, it's a great look. It's hard to defend. What will be a key for your group, the receivers, against Tennessee this Saturday for victory? Um, really just playing with just complete tenacity and, and every single play, any chance they have, if it's a run, um, to make those DBs feel them, you know, to just, to just be a net and to be all over them every single game. And then in the passing game, just to win those matchups, you know, win with technique, um, and really be able to understand the concept we're running and, and the coverage and what's going to happen and, and being one step ahead. And I, I, you know, just off of studying them so far, I really, really feel confident in the game plan that's going on. So, well, thanks for your insight. I really yep. appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. Fessy was a, a great receiver in his own right, and you can feel the passion for the craft of receiving, can't you? Yeah, and he's he's a you know coordinated offense at Weaver State, and so he understand the the concept in the pass game with the receivers and the connection they have with the quarterback, and so he's coached both positions. Uh, I think he's really bright mind, and he understands the game really well, and he works really well with our group. He's doing a great job with the receivers, and and uh, he just never really settles on anything. He wants those guys to work hard. You heard him. He, he mentioned not a lot of receiver coaches talk about blocking, and that's one thing that he wanted them to be is be tenacious in their, in their blocking, be physical. And so hopefully that can help spring some big plays next, next week. Well, next up for BYU, it is a first-ever trip to Tennessee. And the balls, uh, like BYU, Kalani, they're in bounce-back mode, right? Uh, UT got teed up by a 25-point underdog at home last week. Georgia State, by the end of it, uh, made it look kind of easy in getting out of Knoxville with a 38-30 win. I watched that game live, and I, I kept waiting for the comeback, waiting for the and it just never came. Yeah, it's uncharacteristic of, of uh, what Coach Pruitt and his crew, get, that staff, can do uh, with that talent. And you can watch the film, and you see how talented uh, Tennessee is, and it just seems like Georgia State just uh, was kind of the perfect storm in, in what they did on, on uh, offense and defense and created a lot of havoc. And again, you look at the, the turnovers is a big issue, too. So. Uh, they had some issues turnovers, we did too, and, and whoever takes care of the football has a better chance of winning this week. So BYU and Tennessee both gave it up three times, ran for fewer than 100, and allowed more than 200. Those three things taken together, not a good combination. No, and, and with uh, defensive-minded coaches, you know, that, that uh, want to get those things fixed. And so that's something that I think, uh, you know, Tennessee is going to really work on this week, just like we are. And, I'm confident in our coaches, I'm confident in our players, and I think we'll respond the right way. But it's going back to the fundamentals and the simple things in football to get better execution. The phrase sense of urgency gets kind of overused maybe, but neither team is used to being 0-2. It last happened for BYU in 1995, and for Tennessee it was 1988. So that's an unfamiliar spot for either team to be. So in that sense, it's an urgent thing. Yeah, both teams are in the same position, so uh, we have a lot of pride going into this, into this one, a lot of confidence, and I, I'm sure they'll feel the same way. And uh, it's it's a, it's an away game for us, and so it's time for us to rally around this and uh, you know get over the loss and then find ways to, to take it out of the next next opponent. That's Tennessee right now. You know, there's nothing we can do about what happened last week, and and uh, other than learn from it and get better and, and make sure that we minimize as many of the mistakes as possible and and put ourselves in a better better position to execute well and win games. The Tennessee coaching staff has some names that uh, folks might recognize. Uh, Chris Winkie uh, won a Heisman Trophy as a player. He's been around some great programs since. T. Martin, 
uh, is a big Tennessee name, uh, Tracy Rocker. And uh, then you've got uh, uh, Jim Chaney, the OC there uh, on the far left. Uh, he had great success at Georgia most recently. He had been at UT before, and he's back. So uh, it's a good staff, and there's a lot. I think there's 16 national championships on that staff if you take all the teams they've been associated with. Yeah, a lot of experience, um, great coaches, and some great players in that in that group, and uh, they, they've seen a lot of success in their in their in their experience that they where they worked at, and I'm sure they'll, they'll they've been in positions where they can battle back from this, and uh, really the focus. On, I, I understand they have a lot of experience, they're good coaches and everything, but our focus needs to be on what BYU can be and being the best BYU can possibly be when we show up in Knoxville and play this game on Saturday. That's got to be our focus and see if they can handle. If, uh, if Tennessee can handle us being at our best. Some of the uh, Tennessee names that uh, BYU fans will see on the weekend include uh, a lot of talent on offense. Uh, that was probably where they, where they probably felt they were strongest. Kalani coming back into this year might have been with the offensive talent they had back with uh, some of the guys that our, our, our viewers on the app will see. Uh, solid wide receiving core. In fact, I think their top eight receivers from last year are back. Quarterback's got some experience, and the backfield is certainly solid. I think they're trying to work through some issues on both lines right now, maybe Kalani after that opener. Yeah, and I think that's going to be um, something that we have to expose as much as possible. You know, So I think we feel comfortable with uh, our guys up front, how big they are, and, and um, we've got to find a way to make that a strength because you look at their team, they have, I mean, they, they have some really good players as well, but they have some youth and some inexperience at O-line. And, um, and I, I think uh, if you're looking at, our matchups, they're, they're, they've, got, they've got some really great skill players and speed and athleticism. And um, they, just, they failed to just connect on offense last week. And we just have to make sure that they continue making mistakes and not be able to connect this week. You've got a player, Tyson Williams, who's played Tennessee twice, including a game at Neyland. And you've got a coordinator in Jeff Grimes who's taken teams into Neyland before as, a, as, as an offensive coach and come away with wins. Uh, so you've got a little bit, you have a little bit of knowledge in terms of what it's like to play in that incredible environment. Uh, more than 100,000 fans, uh, one of the five largest venues in all of college football. And you guys get to be a part of that on Saturday. Yeah, and our guys are really excited for the game. They're excited for the matchup, you know, and, and uh, uh, we're going to do a, um, a walkthrough practice at, at the uh, stadium so they can, they can see it and have some, be able to visualize themselves making plays uh, the next day. So I think uh, being there and being familiar with the area and seeing it's going to be important for those guys. But um, I think our guys just jumping at the bit, really want to get an opportunity to play, play another game, especially after this last result. So uh, this game couldn't get here any quicker. You've got four Eastern time zone games this year. This is the first of the four because you are going so far east. Uh, what will travel plans be for the team? Yeah, whenever we go uh, two time zones away, we'll travel uh, two days early. So we'll, we'll try to leave. Uh, we'll practice Thursday afternoon and then leave afterwards and get there um, Thursday evening, uh, get into Tennessee and, and get a snack and do some meetings and then go to bed and, and have some, some things up, up planned for the next day, meaning meetings and walkthroughs and a practice at, at, the, at the stadium. So I think, that, I think our guys are used to it. We've done that. We did it when we were at the to, um, Wisconsin. We've done it. Uh, we went to UMass, and so uh, they're kind of used to doing that when we go back east. Okay. Uh, just for the record, uh, in Eastern Time Zone games, uh, the teams you've coached here at BYU are three and two. So you got a winning record out back east. Let's just try and keep yeah, it that. I way. knew you were going to bring some kind of stat into the into play. But <laughs> I got a stat thank for you. everything. Yeah. So uh, yeah, but it's a good one. Uh, three and two in the Eastern Time Zone. Uh, this this you reminded me of this when you were talking earlier about bouncing back, and I kind of feel like we we're in a similar spot last year with you guys. You had your home opener against Cal, and it was kind of a letdown that night. And you had to bounce back going on the road to Wisconsin, ranked team at the time. 
and you guys came out of there with that win. So you have recent experience to say, yeah, we've had a tough thing hit us at home. We've had to bounce back and kind of uh, play chip on the shoulder football and find a way to do it, and you've done it. Yeah, and nobody likes to struggle, right? No, no, nobody wanted to be in this position. Um, but um, I think the most important thing is that we learn from it and, and respond. I think that uh, now that we're in this position, we got to fight back. And, and um, I, I think there's a, lot of, there's a lot of growth and progress that can come from struggle, you know, and, and hardships. And whether it's life or football, we can, we can all learn a lot from it. And I'm looking forward to improving as much as we can from week one to week two with the struggle that we're going through. And uh, there's a sense of urgency, like you mentioned before on our team and our players, and then I think they want to go out there and, and perform well for the fans. What helped you guys come together more than anything last year before that week that you think can happen again? It's stuff that we saw after the game already with the players taking control and, and rallying around each other and not needing a coach to spark them. You know? So I was really pleased with that, even though upset about the result of the game last week, but I, I was really excited when I saw that the players were taking the leadership and taking ownership of the group. And, and I've seen that not just happen that evening. I saw it continue as we went through the weekend and even into the last two practices that we had Monday and, and t- today. Okay. We're calling a timeout as we head to break. We want you to know that you can enjoy a full hot breakfast buffet, dinner Monday through Wednesday, a kitchen and a large grassy backyard along the Provo River Trail, all at the Residence Inn Marriott in Provo. BYU fans, this invitation to uh, tune in Mondays at 1 Eastern, 10 Pacific, as we talk with BYU's football coordinators on the Coordinator's Corner with Jeff Grimes, Elisa Tuiaki, and Ed Lamb. Mondays, 1 Eastern on BYU TV. After the break, the coach taking your questions in studio and on social media, and the Cougars discuss playing on Rocky Top. A large fan base, I think, of real competitive football, so it's going to be really fun to go out there and get some good competition. And Jake Oldroyd is back from a mission and kicking again. Remember this game winner from three years ago? This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. For the first time ever, the Cougars are rolling into Rocky Top. It is BYU and Tennessee this Saturday. And in the lead-up to the 2019 season, we heard from a number of BYU players about this intriguing early season showdown. Oh, that's going to be awesome. Anybody who's a fan of college football is going to want to go. I mean, it's one of like the top three stadiums. The Big House and Tennessee are like the top two. If you love college football, you want to be there. It's going to be freaking awesome. Dream come true. I'll be like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. I've actually been to Tennessee and I went to the Titans game there. And I know the fans are very passionate, so I'm pumped for that game. It's a great atmosphere. I've grown up watching Tennessee games, so it's going to be really cool to play in it and actually be there. I think it's exciting. Uh, I think of Tennessee. I think of the SEC. I think of a large fan base. I think of real competitive football. So it's going to be really fun to go out there and get some good competition and play some good football. At Tennessee, I'm excited. One of the biggest stadiums in the country. Um, a little more my neck of the woods. I'm excited to, excited to go play there. It's going to be um, a whole nother level. I mean, the SEC football is, is different on, a, on another scale for a reason, and their fans are super passionate about the game, whether they're winning or losing. I think we're going to use that to our advantage of, of you know, having that en- energy and you know, not ever playing a game like that before, and it, it'll be cool to go out there and experience that. Um, I think it'll be really exciting. Uh, I guess thinking back to Wisconsin last year was an awesome experience, an awesome atmosphere, and it'll be cool to play in another big stadium like that. Yeah, it's exciting. You know, you love to play in big crowds, like an SEC crowd, you know, a lot of history you know, in that conference for you know, football and all of the sports for that matter. So 
You, know, you just got to love the excitement that comes along with it. All right, Cougars and Balls coming up. Reminder that you can use hashtag Satake Show on social media channels for a chance to get in on our weekly Q&A sessions. We've got live audience and social media questions ready to roll. We'll start right here in Studio C. We've got David Domingo with the mic. Hello, David. How are you doing, Coach? Um, so I guess my question for you tonight is, um, what are some things that make BYU different than in other schools you have coached? In other schools what? In other schools you have coached. Um, well, the fans are different. I mean, I, I, plus I played here and I grew up, I grew up a BYU fan, so I think um, what makes BYU unique is, is the tradition and the fan base that's worldwide, you know, and, and uh, the opportunities that we have here. Looking at the recruiting pitch, our guys get to represent more than just uh, the, the purpose here is more than just football. And um, I, I think that our guys do a lot of things. They lead with service and they live with spiritual lives and they, and they don't mind representing their families and, and the gospel and the church in football. So it's a lot of fun doing it that way. David, thank you. Uh, I'm not sure how this next social media question is going to go. We're going to find out, though, together. <laughs> At Soda Coog on Twitter says, 12-hour drive for us from Des Moines to Rocky Top. Any suggestions for our road trip playlist? Oh, gosh. For me? <laughs> yeah, from you. Well, if everyone falls asleep, then you've got to play something upbeat. And so and you can never go wrong with the fight song every, every five songs. So. <laughs> Put your fight song on a loop yeah. for 12 hours. No problem with that. Well, not, not on the loop, but I think it would be a good way to uh, change it up, you know. Wake up. Yeah, just whenever they fill, get with get the gas tank or change drivers, they should play the, the, the fight song. If you're driving to work, uh, you, yeah, are, are you, is it silent in the car or do you have something on? I usually listen to music and it's um, a lot of different things. And my, my kids are the ones that are hip to music, so they kind of keep me up to date on everything. But I still like some of the... I like classic rock a lot and, and reggae and stuff like that. So whatever I'm in the mood for, I, I usually like to listen to music and sing. Okay. Back in studio, Kennedy, Noel Arevalo, I think. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Uh, my question is for you, Coach. There's a lot of awesome stadiums around the U.S. and going to Tennessee, it's a pretty cool stadium. What are some of the best avenue or places that you've gone to to either coach or play at? Um, I think this one's going to be fun. Wisconsin was fun last year, too. But I, th- I think just any place that's different, you know, we've been in a lot of different spots. And, and uh, But I, I like the NFL stadiums. You know, we played at um, we played UMass in, in Gillette Stadium. That was really cool. And we played Arizona in the University of Phoenix Stadium. So the, I, I think I like being in the NFL stadiums. It's just our, our players kind of they think it's really cool to, that we're playing in the, an NFL spot. So that would be a lot of fun. I personally love SEC venues. It just feels yeah. like like a game day in the SEC is something different, something special. It seems like if you're in the SEC, you have to have like bushes lined up on the outside. <laughs> Some kind of greenery involved. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> uh, social media from at Dan Haslam. Hello, Dan. Uh, which position group are you most comfortable with after week one? Uh, I really liked the O-line. I, I thought they did some good things. I, I wish we could have had more opportunities to see them uh, play more snaps. You know, I, I thought they... Uh, the amount of times that we threw the ball. I mean, Zach was able to avoid some sacks and avoid some pressure, but uh, for the most part, I thought the, the one sack they had we kind of just walked into it, you know, and but I thought they protected Zach pretty well, and I thought they, they could, got some knockoff on the line scrimmage in, in the run game against possibly the best D-line, co- uh, D-line group in, 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 the, in college football right now, and so they, I, they I feel comfortable the with night. They had one sack as all? Well? Yeah. And I, and I feel, I mean, I feel really good about our, all our groups, but that one was one that stood out to me where I felt like 
everyone was intrigued with that matchup. I just wish we could have seen more from them, you know, and uh, I'm looking forward to see how they match up against the SEC team and, and Tennessee, and uh, we'll see what happens. But I, I was really intrigued. I'm really happy because I, I just like the fact that they're, that group gets bigger every year. If they all come back next year, I don't think they're going to be even bigger next year. So I'm excited about that, the way they play. But the whole the whole team, I, I, was, I was really fired up and confident going into this game. Um, it's just we weren't given the opportunities. We didn't take advantage of, of the opportunities that we had in this game against Utah. And now we have to move on to the next one and try to seize the opportunity that we have going into into Tennessee and, and, and trying to find a win. Regarding the O-line, uh, Georgia State did run for a big number uh, against Tennessee. And so you wouldn't expect to see another back-to-back uh, second straight week of under 100. You could probably get something going you'd hope this week, right? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think we have to – it's one of the things where we can be able to air it out if we need to. But I, I think we have some solid running backs and physical line that, that we can be able to utilize them and, and – help keep our offense balanced. But at the same time, I really don't care about balance if it gets us points on the board. I think the, what happened the last, on the last game that we had against Utah was uh, not being able to punch it in and, and, and get it in the end zone. And a lot of that had to do with our own miscues, uh, not handling the snap and, and other, among, um, among other things that didn't get us in the end zone. I think uh, I don't mind field goals. And we have Jake here tonight, and I love Jake. But I'd rather have Jake kick PATs than uh, field goals, you know, and, and that's that's kind of the name of the game. But if we have to, I'll be okay with him being out there and getting three points, but we'd like to get more touchdowns. One final social media question. Uh, with both BYU and Tennessee coming off tough losses, how do you as coaches uh, give your team the resiliency advantage this week? Well, we just work hard. That's the one thing. you got to go to work. And, and um, you know, we've been in this position, unfortunately, before, and so we just don't like it. And, and the best way to do it is to get that, that bad feeling is to get to work and then find ways to improve and work towards another goal, which is winning the next one. And so I think um, shying away from the mistakes is not the way to do it. You, you approach them and you tackle them head on and then you move on and try to make sure that you don't have those things show up again. But I think it's important that you focus on the things that we did well and praise those. And then, and once we do that, we can really fix the things that we worked on that we need, need to need to improve on. And I, I'm, I'm really excited about improving from week one to week two. That's why I, can, I think our team can really do some good things and hopefully give our fans that are taking, making the 12-hour drive to Tennessee, give them something to be happy about. All right, just a few days away from Knoxville. Uh, this Friday night, as we go from one football to another, uh, the 10th-ranked BYU women's soccer team hosting Utah in their annual rivalry showdown. Cougs are rolling right now, 3 no to start the year in top 10 nationally. See that match on BYU TV. Hear it on BYU Radio 107.9 FM. That's Friday night at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. Coming up after the break, we're going to up with Isaiah Kalfusi. Got it, got it, got it. And getting close up with Jake Oldroyd here in Studio C. This is BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. Football with Kalani Sitake is brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare, healing for life. Welcome back to BYU Football with Kalani Sitake on BYU TV, presented by Intermountain Healthcare. Well, the NFL season about to kick off, and a number of former Cougars on NFL rosters to open 219. Ziggy, Mike Davis, the guy in the middle we hear a little bit about, and then we got our two New York Jets. 
And then we've got another bunch of Cougars, including Daniel Sorensen with the Kansas City Chiefs, Jamal Williams with the Packers, KBN, and the draft picks, Yonitaki Taki and Fred Warner. Fred Warner, as the depth chart came out for the 49ers today, no surprise, starting middle linebacker for the Niners. He's going to have a great career, don't you think, Kalani? He is, and I think he had one of the best um, rookie seasons uh, you know, last year, and so uh, I'm just really proud of him. The guy, is, he keeps in touch with our players, and obviously he has a brother on the team, but he's really connected with the team, and, then he, and he's always FaceTiming a lot of our players, and so I'm, I'm just thankful that he's always thinking about us, and uh, we're really cheering him on, as well as the other Cougars and what they're doing in the NFL, and they're representing us the right way, so I'm, I'm really proud of the things that they're doing out there, not just on the field, the things that they're doing you know, with charity and service. You mentioned last week that Kyle Van Noy got the Service of the Year award deal, so uh, those guys are extending what they learned and what they did here at BYU and making all the fans and their families proud. One guy we couldn't put on the list uh, because the Miami Dolphins released him this week is John Denny. John Denny been their long snapper forever. Ha- only Dan Marino has played more games as a Dolphin than John Denny. And John Denny, I'm not sure if he will get picked up by somebody else. He's certainly so good at what he does. But what a great long run he had there with uh, Miami. In fact, he has the longest consecutive game streak in the NFL going right now as of today. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think he, I mean, he's played quite a amount of the years. And I knew him and Ryan when they were playing here. So... Uh, that's he'll he'll be out of a job until someone has a bad snap in the NFL, <laughs> and then he'll be back there. But I mean, it, it, I think how many years did you say he did? Fourteen. Yeah, that's amazing yeah. To, to snap that long, and um, that's all. I, I think he'll be okay though. Yeah, and, and you could count literally uh, the number of snaps that were even a little bit off, maybe like on one hand. He was just perfect, amazing. All right, uh, each week on the Satake Show, we uh, take to the BYU practice field for an all-access look and listen to the Cougars during some game prep. Tonight's featured player is linebacker Isaiah Kofusi, and this is Mike Up. Do you know who's, who's Mike Up? Bushman? There we go. Film that, film that, film that. Hey, I got two. Oh. Got it, got it, got it. In and in, yeah. out, 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 out. And then you hear it, plant that foot, and you'll be on that. Yeah, so it. when he catches it, you're able to hit him, or else drive the ball and make him kick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta yeah, talk yeah. more, guys. Come on. Good job, Ben. Good hands, good hands, finish. Dang, that's good. I want Tyson. I want Tyson. Tyson, hop up. Dang, good route, good route. Good job, bro. Good job. Hey, what's the end? Keenan, what's the end? It is time now on the Satake Show to get to know better one of the BYU players we got to actually know pretty well uh, three years ago thanks to this game-winning play. The hold, the kick is on its way, and it is... Well, that was during a shortened freshman season. A mission followed, and now he's back 
And last week, he did his job about as well as you could do it. Please welcome in kicker and punter, Jake Oldroyd. Good to see you. Good to see you too. Coach. Good to see you. Thanks for coming in. Of course. So happy to be here. It it was kind of a surreal thing because we show the we show the kick, and that's your first game. And 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 it was really all of us getting introduced to you. It felt like everybody just got to know you that that night. And even some, some players were like, I think that's one of our guys. But uh, bring, bring us back to, to that week and how that all came about for you. No, that is absolutely how it went. <laughs> um, I, I felt that for sure. I felt, you know, unknown to my teammates and some of my coaches. But I knew that, you know, regardless if, if my name was called, I was going to go in and, and do what I've, I've always done um, and, you know, perform and execute. But... I remember, you know, going, flying to Arizona and sitting next to one of our coaches. I don't remember who it was, but he, he didn't know who I was. He didn't talk to me the entire plane ride there. And we played the game. I was fortunate enough to, you know, make that field goal at the end. And then we, we had a great conversation on the way back. <laughs> finally learned who I was. You. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, some teammates finally recognized me and knew my name. So it was good all around, but it was, I was fortunate enough to... I had that opportunity. Kalani, what are your recollections of that week, that camp, everything building up to that night? Yeah, that, that game, actually, um, we had some struggles with uh, PAT field goal, and we had some new guys kicking, and, and uh, Jake was just ready to go from the very beginning. You know, so uh, Ed Lamb had a, had a feeling that maybe we should go with him, and I remember Ed saying, hey, why don't we give the freshman a chance to kick the game-winning field goal? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just was hoping we'd score a touchdown. <laughs> and I look back, and... Jake's eyes were hungry. I'm like, yeah, let's go, man. Give him a shot. And he trots out there with green shoes. We give him shoes, guys. I don't know why everyone gave me a hard time. He trotted out there with some green shoes. That There they are. So I, they were his lucky shoes, I guess. And, and uh, he kicks the field goal, you know. And after that, I think everyone started calling him Jake the Make. And, and that's been, uh, it's been really good to have him back. I think uh, he, had, he had an injury that year. And, and so it's a uh, uh, it sucked at the time, but I'm glad he's a freshman right now for us right now after serving a mission. So about the shoes, um, I think you're, you're a South Lake Carroll guy, right? Yes, now I want to get this right. I didn't check this. Dragons? Dragons. That's green's, right. green's the color. Green's the main color, right? Yep. Green, black, okay, and so white. Okay, so these were high school shoes, right? Yes, sir. Okay. So you brought them with you, even though Clyde said they were going to give you shoes. Okay. Or you had. I have to clarify some things here. <laughs> <laughs> if if I had been issued shoes, I would have worn them. I didn't. I didn't get shoes until after that game. <laughs> something happened. I don't know. They didn't, they didn't give them to me before, but after that game. Oh, after that game, someone, I said keep wearing those shoes. <laughs> but but and so I did. I, I wore them for for. But yet, admit though now you can order what kind of shoes any shoes you want yeah on, on nike game day and everything so sweet deal nike nike knows his name because he's got a bunch of a whole bag full of footballs and a whole bag full of shoes so where are the shoes the green ones now they retired. are they, <laughs> they are retired <laughs> they're in a case on my nightstand back home there they are yep. an there. actual glass case <laughs> an actual glass case <laughs> lots of memories in those so i had to keep them secure you know that's good stuff. So you kicked in the Arizona game, won it. Then we had the Utah game. You were actually two for two, I think, in that game. Yes, sir. Then it's uh, UCLA. I think you tried one long one in that game, and then we didn't see you again. What happened? 
Right, so the, the long field, field goal against UCLA was blocked. Um, and then I, had, I struggled with some back problems in high school that subsided over you know, the course of my senior year, summer leading up to my freshman year here. And <clears throat> I felt pretty good throughout fall camp and then the first couple games with my back. And then um, it's sort of the same problem just was triggered again after that, that long field goal attempt. It kind of, you know, that same injury that I had before came back and it was a stress fracture in my, my L5 lower back. But, um, you know, with taking the rest of the season off, being able to get a medical red shirt and then the two years of my mission really helps with the healing process. And so I, I haven't had pain since that UCLA game. And Kalani, if I'm not mistaken, and Jake, you can confirm, when you were kicking that field goal, had you, had you already received your mission call to Chile by that point? Or not quite? Was it right around um, there that you... you... It was, I, I think it would have been, I think I received it after I got my call in October. Okay, mm-hmm. but the season was still going, but you were right. kicking at that point. Do you remember the decision to shut him down and kind of say, we'll see you in a couple of years? Yeah, I think the, the major thing was for him to feel healthy to serve his mission. Uh, so we knew uh, ahead of time that he wanted to serve a mission. He, we knew that he was going to play that year and go and serve. And so um, we talked about it and thought that would be better for him and his two-year mission that's coming ahead for him to prepare for that. And, um, you know, I've, I've been really pleased. We've, you know, we've had some really good kickers come through here since then. And I think he, he did a great job competing. He, he won the punting job and, the, and place kicking, which is really hard to do. And, um, and and he has a great relationship with, with Scott or Southam and the other kickers and Danny and those guys. And so uh, he's become a really good leader for us. But when he came home from his mission, it's crazy. He went through this transformation. Look at his body. Not a lot of kickers look like that, you know. And, and so um, he, he did an amazing job working really hard, sacrificing quite a bit and, and, and focusing on his nutrition and um, yeah, look how skinny he was. Wait, did you not even have no shoes, shoes for the picture? <laughs> He's driving home. This the is point looking that bad. On, this is looking really bad for our equipment room right now. <laughs> that he stayed they, they told me I didn't need. Cut them. the picture, please, guys. <laughs> they told me I could just wear socks. So. <laughs> A series of unfortunate events. A lot has changed since then. Yes, a lot has changed. And uh, everyone knows his name, but he's done an amazing job. He's the, the weight room, this weight room staff absolutely loves him, and so that's good when you have a kicker that's willing to do all the work like the rest of the guys on the team, and, and uh, he's done an amazing job and great leader for our group. And after all of this, redshirt freshman now, is that right? That's right. That's awesome. So you've got a long time to play here. Yeah, plenty of time. That's great. It's so good to have you back. I'm glad you're healthy and well and doing what you're doing. It's been impressive to watch you place kick and punt the way you are. Great job. Appreciate it. Awesome. Jake Oldroyd, folks. All right. Uh, hey, if you're looking for an even more convenient way to shop at Smith's, try Smith's Click List where you order online and you pick up curbside by the store. Visit smithsfoodanddrug.com for details. And Cougar Nation, we break down BYU football with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, Brian Logan, and David Nixon each week on After Further Review On Demand on the BYU TV app and re-airing tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 Pacific time. As we go to break, this week's trivia question for you now. BYU has on its 2019 roster one player from the state of Tennessee. Who is he? I'll tell you after our final break. (laughs) Trivia time. Uh, BYU has on its 2019 roster one player from the state of Tennessee. Who is he? And the answer for y'all is... Joe Critchlow out of Franklin, Tennessee. Kalani, what can you tell us about uh, Joe Critchlow that we might not know? I love Joe. And, and he's, uh, you know, he, he, he's actually started a couple games with us and, and um, he's done a great job with that, with that quarterback, quarterback group. 
uh, and, and brings a lot of experience and a lot of uh, um, knowledge to the group. And so I, I think he's going to have success no matter what he does in life. But right now I think we benefit from having him and being part of the group and bringing on football IQ and also knowledge and a lot of other things. So I think it tutor you too in a lot of, a lot of uh, subjects. So we're utilizing him as much as we can. And if we need to, he'll be on the field for us. We had a lot of laughs with uh, Jake Oldroyd, but uh, he is a serious weapon for you. Uh, he is. A field position guy. He can punt it like he's, he's deep, and he's got good field. We haven't seen necessarily the range yet, but uh, he could be somebody, and you've got four years with him, that could be, again, part of your arsenal in terms of scoring the ball. Yeah, and he gets, just keeps getting better and better. So he surprised us a lot with his uh, the things that he does with punting. And we knew that he was a great place kicker, but he's got an st- extremely strong leg. And um, he just works really hard. And so I think um, uh, we're going to be able to rely on him and his leg quite a bit. But I, I really like the way he works with Skyler and with Danny and the way that they work as a group. And so that specialist group is a really uh, tight-knit group. And, and I think they work really well together. And so that everyone knows their role. And, and he's a big part of uh, sharing, uh, you know, not just the amount of kicks that he gets in practice, but the, the things that he does to help other people kick better. So... Uh, it's such a cool dynamic, and they have a lot, I have a lot of love for the specialists. I was once a long snapper back in the day, too, so I was a fullback slash long snapper. So I, I think I can, I can understand where they're coming from and the connection they have. And, you know, everyone makes fun of kickers quite a bit, but I think that uh, when the game's on the line, they're your best friends. And I think Jake's been able to be our best friend since 2016, and hopefully we can keep that going for four more years. But we like him kick yeah. PATs. Hopefully we all uh, have a good time Saturday with kicking and otherwise in Knoxville. More PATs and field goals, yeah. Thanks, Kalani. Good luck this weekend. Appreciate it. Cougar pregame live will start at uh, 5 Eastern, 2 Pacific on BYU Radio. BYU TV's countdown to kickoff begins at 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific with the game on ESPN and BYU Radio's postgame ending up on both BYU TV and BYU Radio following that contest. Uh, to request seats for next week's show right here in Studio C, go to BYUCougars.com slash Sitake Show. We're going to talk to you next Tuesday at 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific. For Director Scott Hill, Producer Jerem Jordan, Jake Oldroyd, and the Coach Kalani Sitake, I'm Greg Rubel, and this has been BYU Football with Kalani Sitake. So long. Go Cougs!